You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. And praise God. I thank the Lord for, uh, you know, you go through the tough times and that's when you realize how good God is. And I think I'm about over my embarrassment now, so I think I can get back up here. Um, I'm really not. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to do my best. Um, why are you here this morning? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I just want to talk to you just for a second, give you my heart. And when I say, why are you here this morning, I'll be asking you maybe a little bit more specifically later, why are you in this building today? But really more so, I'm thinking of what is your purpose of being uh, in this world? And the thing that I want to try to lay on your hearts, and I, I just want to get your attention because I'm talking to you. And I think it's obvious that I'm talking to you, but a lot of times people come to church and think you're talking to somebody else. Uh, but I'm talking to you. And it's really not about me talking to you. It's about God talking to you. And really, God put you on this earth for a purpose and a reason. And chief, high among those reasons, top among those reasons, is so that you may have a relationship with God and God may have a relationship with you. I'll put it this way. That, you, that God may know you and He does know you, but that you may know God. I mean know Him. I don't mean know of Him, know about Him, but I'm talking about a relationship today. God wants to have a relationship with you. All right? So this is illustrated. You think about it, in the very beginning, God made Adam and Eve, put them in the garden, and the Bible says that God would come and walk and talk with Adam. He'd spend time with him. They had a relationship. Adam would hear the voice of the Lord. But as time went on, Adam chose sin and ultimately really chose self over that relationship. And it broke that fellowship. But that's not the end of the story. God came to the garden and listen, He sought out Adam and Eve. He sought them out. He came to where they were and He called them by name. He spoke His voice to them. He speaks you know, oftentimes that's the way a relationship is really initiated, right? When someone speaks, and someone speaks to you and you respond to that person. Uh, and then it builds from that point on. God came to where they were, He spoke to them. And Adam heard Him, and Adam listened to Him. See, it's no different today. Mankind has been born into this world with sin, separated from God. But God still comes, and today, right now, God is coming to where you are. He is seeking you out, and if you will listen today, He is calling your name. He wants you to hear Him. Now, you say, oh, Pastor, you don't understand. I'm here, and I'm saved by the grace of God. I understand that you're speaking to those who do not yet know Christ, and I am. If you're here and you do not know Christ, He wants you to know Him today. He wants, he wants you to come to Him, turn your back on your sin and your selfish ambition and say, Lord Jesus, I want you. But it's not just to those that are unsaved, it's also to those, oh, those of us that are saved. Because we can still choose to, instead of entering into His rest and living a life abundant, we can choose to go a different way. And what I'm saying is, the Bible says in our text verse today, in Hebrews, because the, the, the title of the message is, How is your hearing? In Hebrews chapter number 3, and I believe it starts in verse, yeah, starts in verse 6, 
where the Bible says, Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts. Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your heart. And at what I'm going to try to show you today is if you will listen today, See, Jesus, He said, He that hath ears to hear. And I think I asked this last week, how many, in here have, how many of us have ears in here and can hear? We all qualify. And I know there's some of you saying, yeah, but, uh, right, I see a couple in the back row there. Uh, but how many, how's your hearing? You hear, but here's what He says, He that hath ears to hear. Let him hear. Let him hear. Which means that you've got a choice on whether or not you're going to hear. In other words, hearing is really heeding. I love when God puts these things together. We attempted to sing ancient words today. But in that song, it said in there, it, it, it talked about, We have come with open hearts. And, it said, and twice in there, it talked about heeding, heeding God's Word. We've come with open hearts. We've come to heed what you say to us, Lord. See, the Lord is trying to lead you today. And I gave you our text verse out of Hebrews chapter 3. But that, that verse is actually a quotation from Psalm 95 verse 7 and 8, interestingly enough. Where the Bible says, For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, and the sheep of His hand. Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your heart. And the whole context really of Hebrews chapter 3 and 4, which I've been trying to preach around the message in there for the last three weeks or so, is that God's trying to lead you somewhere like a shepherd. God's not trying to push you somewhere. He's trying to lead you somewhere. And just as the shepherd cares for the sheep, Jesus cares for you. And He's calling you and He's trying to lead you in a certain way. But there's other voices that will try to get you to go in other ways. Anybody? And I think if we'd be honest today, there are times in our life, there's time throughout the week we begin to heed and listen, and that's what heed means, to, to listen to, and not just listen as in hear, but as in to obey. We begin to fall in line with those other voices that are telling us things that, that lead to destruction, that lead to us being robbed of God's intention of our life. But we today have a shepherd, you have today a God and a Savior that's trying to lead you somewhere. So today, if you will hear His voice, the if on hearing His voice is not, is God going to speak to you today? No. God is speaking to you today. Are you going to hear it? That's the thing. It's not just like, man, maybe I'll hear from God today. No, you're hearing from God today if you'll listen. But the question is, will you listen? All right? And so I want to just note a couple of things about our text. Number one, this call. The Savior is calling. Jesus is calling you today like a shepherd. The Bible says it's a positive call. For He is our God and we are the people of His pasture 
and the sheep of His hand. Psalm 23 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Amen. For Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. I like how the Bible says in there that He leadeth me beside the still waters. He leads me into green pastures. Folks, this is a good call. This is a positive call. God wants to lead you to pastures. He wants to lead you beside still water. The problem is, is our lack of faith sometimes... That we want God to say, well, can you tell me more about this pasture? Can you tell me more about the steps to get there, Lord? I need the plan. And God says, here's the plan. You ready? Follow me. Follow me. (laughs) That's what he told his disciples. Where? Follow me. He told Abraham, follow me. And how do you like this answer? To a a land that I'll show you. (laughs) Okay, Lord, that's not specific enough. But one thing you can mark down today, the call that Jesus has on your life, it's a positive call, if you'll listen. Number two, I want to say it's a personal call. Today, if ye will hear His voice, that's you. That's awesome to me. You know, who really knows you today? You know, we know ourselves pretty well. But does anybody really know how rotten you can be? Really? I mean, I'm just talking about with your thoughts even. The things you think. The things you let your, the places you let your mind go. Does anybody really know that you today? The answer to that question is yes, and it's Jesus. Which is awesome because the Bible says He sees our thoughts afar off. Which means He sees them before we ever think them. So God's never just like, (gasps) oops. I wish I hadn't saved that person. Oops, I wish that person wouldn't have come in the church today and, and heard, that, heard that preacher up there telling, telling them that I want them. Oh, no. The fact of the matter is, but here's the good news. He says, you. It's a, it's a personal call. He's still calling you. He knows you. He knows everything you've ever thought, everything you've ever done, everything you ever will do. And you know what? He's calling you just the same. He's leading you just the same. I talked about Adam. Adam went from one day walking with the creator of the universe to the next day turning his back on God. I mean, none of us have walked with God the way Adam walked with God. Yet he turned his back on Adam, or God turned his back on... God didn't turn his back. Adam turned his back on God, but but God came just the same. God wasn't done with him, and God is not done with you. So it's a positive call. It's a personal call. If you will hear His voice, it's a present call. Today. Today. Oh, maybe next week. Maybe later. Maybe, you know, the voice that many young people hear is later on in life. I'll serve God. How about now, Anna? Right? Serve Him now. And that's what Anna wants to do. To the teenagers, to the college-age kids, now. Oh, yeah, once I graduate, you know, uh, there's more important things right now than serving God. I've got my major, and I've got my test, and I've got some exams coming up. And I've got my, I've got, you know, uh, sports, and I've got band, and I've got whatever else. But, and those things are fine. But today, 
Today, put God first. Today, presently. The Bible says in one place in the book of 2 Corinthians, uh, chapter number 6, verse 2, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Today, if you will hear His voice. Today, it's a present call. Number two, or sorry, number four, it's a pertinent call. In Luke 12, uh, there is a farmer. Nothing wrong with being a farmer. We're going to talk about farmers just a little bit more in a little bit. Uh, well, maybe there is. I might get after you farmers today. There's a few of you in here. I'm not. Um, but there was this dude, man. He had had bumper crop after bumper crop, and he is making plans for the future, but he wasn't thinking about God in his future. Nothing wrong with having a bumper crop. Nothing wrong about making plans for the future. God encourages us to be wise in those regards. The problem with this man is he was not taking God into account. He was not taking many things into account. And so as he was thinking about all his plans for tomorrow that did not involve God, here's what Jesus said to him. Luke 12, 20, But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. When then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So the urgency of this call. Do not procrastinate. Do not delay. Do not shilly-shally. I found that word a couple weeks ago and I thought I wanted to say it. Don't shilly-shally. Act. Hurry. That's the idea. Today, if you will hear His voice. Act. Hurry. Do it right now. I mean, that's what it's saying. If you're sitting there and God's speaking to your heart, you're letting God speak to your heart. He's not saying, okay, I can't wait till the, till the prayer time at the end and, and I'm going to heed God's voice. No, do it right now. Right now. Hey, stay in tune with God always, but throughout this service, try to stay in tune with God. You know those old radios that people don't listen to radio much anymore, but I do, you know, and, and it'll be kind of going in and out, and it'll start picking up other signals. Hey, keep your radio in tune, amen? Hear God, and when you hear the Lord, heed the Lord, right where you're sitting. It's a pertinent call. Be decisive. Don't shilly-shally. Fifthly, it's a powerful call. Man, God spoke the cosmos into existence. When God speaks, there is a power that is impossible to comprehend. I mean, God said, let there be light, and there was light. God's spoken word has literally formed the cosmos, created this earth. God's word has changed the world, impacting generation after generation. Anybody in here have their life changed by the word of God? I certainly have. I certainly am. My life has been changed. My life is continuing to be changed through God's Word. But here's the thing. It, the Lord in His wisdom gives man the choice whether to heed His voice or to yield to the voice of the other. The Lord gave us ears for the purpose of hearing. Not to mention we'd probably look funny without them, wouldn't we? We're so used to seeing them. But He gave them to for hearing. Mark 8, 18, the Bible says, Having eyes see ye not, and having ears hear ye not, and do ye not remember? So it's possible for people that can see not to be able to see the things of God. 
And people, those of us that can hear, not to hear the voice of God calling. Um, and so in, the, in, in the, the last thoughts I want to give you are concerning this. I want to consider what are some of the obstacles to hearing. How is your hearing today? Why is it that the same Holy Spirit uses the same Word of God to speak to the same group of people, but yet you have so many different responses? Why can someone over here that's not saved respond by trusting Christ as Savior while someone over here responds with holding on to the seat and leaving after the service and trying to just get away from it? How come somebody over here that's a Christian hears, finally really hears what God is saying to them, believes it, acts on it, and allows their life to be transformed when somebody else over here just don't seem to affect them whatsoever? People seem to be content. I've, I've thought it's a, it's, a, it's a detriment, but I've known people for years. They talk about obstacles to hearing. I've known people who were glad to be a part of the church that preached the truth. Well, that's good. I mean, you ought to be glad you're a part of the church that preaches the truth. But are you living that truth? Right? Are you living that truth? Because what good's it doing you, if not? We're not justified in our hearing. As a matter of fact, we are held accountable for our hearing. We're not justified for hearing. We're justified by faith in Jesus Christ. But as far as, our, as far as it making sense, we hear and then we do through the power of God, right? And so, uh, how's your hearing today? Jesus used an example, and it's a very familiar parable of the Lord Jesus Christ that I want to share with you. And then we'll dismiss afterwards, all right? All right, here we go. Luke chapter 8. Verse number 5. And, and if you'd like to turn there, it'll be up on the screen. But I've got several I'll be reading. Luke chapter 8, verse 5. One thing I'll say about it being on the screen is you can't underline it up there. Amen. <laughs> and find it later. And you can't uh, be making notes on it right there. But anyway, uh, but it's on the screen. Luke 8 and verse number 5. The Bible says, A sower, this is Jesus speaking, A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon rock, upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit, an hundredfold. And we know, I think I'll say that in a minute, but anyway. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And I want to pause right there just for a second. The sowers of these days, as they would plant, they would plow the fields, much like we would. They may have uh, livestock, they may have to plow it just by hand. But then they would have a big pouch on their side that had seed in it. And the farmers were very skilled, much like you farmers today. Uh, but they knew when they reached in there to grab a handful of seed, they, they got the right amount of seed. And their steps were very measured. And they would broadcast. The word broadcasting comes from this method of sowing seed because they're throwing it out there. 
throwing it out there, throwing it out there, throwing it out there. So they're broadcasting the seed. So you get that picture. And furthermore, let me tell you this. Jesus was by the Sea of Galilee when He spoke these words. The Sea of Galilee is is surrounded, even to this day from what I understand, by uh, farms and fields. So it's quite possible that Jesus could have been out there and He could have looked over there and said, Behold, a parable, a, a sower went forth to sow. And He could have been even pointing them to a man walking in a field as He was sowing seed out in that field. And he begins to talk to them about seed. Now this is something very earthly that we can all get. But then he moves it into something spiritual that we have a tougher time getting. Look at verse number 11. He explains the parable. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. To this day, uh, farmers aren't big fans of birds, are they? Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, some of the guys have the, uh, you know, it sounds like a gun going off every so often trying to keep those blackbirds out and, and all that stuff. They're still annoying because as those birds see that, that sower out there, that farmer out there spreading his seeds, those birds are gathering around and they're ready to pounce on it, right? But Jesus says that's true in the natural world, but He's saying... In the spiritual world, he says that Satan is ready to come snatch seed as soon as it goes out. Why is it that you could perhaps, perhaps after church today, I could stand and talk to you and you could give me the details of a movie or a show you watched last night, maybe a game you watched last night, but if I were to ask you, hey, well tell me what the sermon was about today. Uh, he said something about a farmer. Jesus. That's right. That, that's, the, that's the answer the kids always give. Jesus. Well, yeah, Jesus. Um, why? You know, well, I'm just awful. I just get so distracted in church. And my mind goes here and there and the other place. Now, you can think I'm being weird if you want to, but I'm just telling you what the Bible says. The Bible says Satan's trying to snatch the seed out of your heart right now. I just get these random thoughts coming in my mind. They might not be so random. Why weren't those random thoughts coming in your, not, in your mind as you watched the show last night? Or watched the game? Why is it now? You said because you're so boring and whatever. No, it, no. I mean it may be that. But honestly the biggest, the number one reason, the problem is not with the seed. The problem's not even with the sower. The problem is with the heart. So the seed's going out. People respond to it differently. Jesus said, well, in one case, that which goes by the wayside, uh, that speaks of the wayside hearers. That speaks of those, really, ultimately, who refuse to hear the Word of God. The wayside is those paths by the field that had been pressed down, hardened by traffic, And when the seed that falls on there, there's no place for it to go. And some of you are so hard-headed and hard-hearted, the seed can't take root in your heart. You refuse it. You will not accept it. Because it may not be going along with your preconceived idea. 
Now listen, I believe we need to hear carefully. We don't, we, and, and I, I'm not going to, I may give you the verse in a minute, but the Bible does say we need to take heed what we hear. We need to take heed what we hear. Not only we need to take heed how we hear, we need to take heed what we hear. But if I'm up here preaching the truths of God's Word to you, you need to be willing to receive it. But there's hard hearts, there's hard heads. Hey, but aren't you glad that God's able to get... Now, you've got to be willing to soften your heart a little bit. And God will soften your heart to receive the Word of God. But what I'm saying is, if you so choose, you can keep on being stubborn, stiff-necked, all the way to hell. If you're a child of God and you're saved, you can keep being stiff-necked and stubborn all the way to ruin if you want to. Not to hell. But you can allow your life to be messed up by not hearing and heeding the Word of God. See, the fact is, some people do not want to know the truth. I just think about this. Just this morning, Tyson, I was, uh, I had, uh, uh, Chad Wendell, I had Ariel America on. Nerd alert right here, okay? Ariel American, and they were in Arizona, and they were on the Grand, they were looking at the Grand Canyon. And we don't know exactly how it formed, but we do know that it had to form over millions and billions of years. And we know this because of the strata in the rock layers. Wait a second, idiot. Those rock layers, yeah, you may find some places where they're like this, but other places they're like this. And other places they're all topsy-turvy. But I'm a scientist and we do know because we were there and have reports. Because science, of course, is something that you, science is something that can be uh, proven over and over again, right? You can bring it into a lab, you can replicate it, you can show it. Listen, I'll tell you, you need to understand this right now. Anytime you hear anyone begin to talk about the origins of the universe, the origins of this world, something you need to understand is in that very moment that person ceases to speak as a scientist and they begin to speak as a philosopher. No longer as a scientist. Because science doesn't prove that we know millions. But why, well, why, not believe, why not just go along with that? We know that. You know why? Because they don't want to know the truth. Because here's the problem with knowing the truth. If you know the truth, then you... I mean, listen... And you need to understand that even the theory of evolution itself was founded on people who admittedly, number one, were philosophers. Number two, uh, many of them openly admitted that they did not want to acknowledge Creator and God because they might have to quit being uh, whoremongers and adulterers. They don't want to change. They don't want their worldview to change because their life may have to change. That's just an example. People don't want to know the truth. There are people who really don't care about the truth. People believe what they want to believe because they hear what they want to hear. Because they want to live the way they want to live. Ultimately, it's the same exact trick from the Garden of Eden. Ye shall be as gods. You get to be your own God. Young people... Don't buy into this. Well, you have your truth. And I have my truth. What is that? Hey, 
listen, the Bible says professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. We've got some of the most foolish people in the world today going around being promoted and lifted up as if they were wise men. There's not your truth and my truth. There's truth. Somebody says, well, your truth is jumping off this building. Gravity may pull you to the ground quickly and hurt you. My truth is I can step right off of there because that's really what I believe. Uh, it's, it's, listen, I want to be careful here. Number one, that, that, that philosophy is utter foolishness. But we've got to understand that it's very insidious because our culture is inundated with it. Our young people are being inundated with it. And if we're not careful, we can fall into that hole. You know, it's your truth and my truth and you got your truth. And, and, it, and by the way, everybody's truth is okay, right? But it's interesting that our truth don't seem to be very okay. And they say, they say that, 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 that they're absolutely sure that there's no absolutes, right? And it's almost bigoted of us to say that there's absolute truth. There is no absolute truth. And then you ask them, are you sure? Absolutely. We don't think your truth is very tolerant. And we believe in tolerating people. Well, well, here's what I believe. No, you better not. We'll shut you down. We'll take you off social media. We'll boycott your uh, business. We'll shut your business down. We're not going to tolerate this intolerant stuff. <laughs> Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Ah, oh, i got to hurry. So there's ways. Some people don't want to know the truth. Some people do not want to know the truth. So in, in this first example, some hearts, there's no reception to the truth. You do not want to know the truth. Because the truth might, might change your life. But the truth you need to understand is that if God's truth changes your life, it changes your life for the better. Amen. Amen? It changes your life for the better. That's why we proclaim the truth. That's why preaching the truth is not hate, it's love. Because the truth will set you free. We want people to be free, therefore we proclaim the truth. There's no reception. There's hard hearts and hard heads. Shallow hearts. He said there's some that's going to rock. The idea is, is there's a solid bedrock, solid area of bedrock underneath this certain area. Farmer didn't realize it. He plowed, planted the seed, but there was no depth there. Shallow hearts. Shallow hearers. Um... There's no root, therefore there's deception. The Bible says they receive it with joy. That's what Jesus goes on to say in verse 13. They are on the rock which when they hear receive the word with joy. And these have no root which for a while believe and in the time of temptation fall away. There's no root. I've known people like this. It's a sad, sad thing. It breaks my heart. But I've seen many through the years come this way. They come, they hear the truth, and they think, oh, maybe that's the way out. So they receive it, they're glad, man, this is the best thing ever. Until a difficult time comes. Until they begin to have issues with people that are challenging the fact that they're coming to this church or whatever it may be. 
Then all of a sudden, what happens? They're gone. They're gone. There's people gone right now. What happened? The word didn't have any root. There was no depth to what they received, to, 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 the, to the effect that God's word had on their life. There was no root. I mentioned the verse already, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. De deception. He says you can deceive yourself when you're a hearer and not a doer. You can deceive yourself. Um, I was asking earlier about motive. Uh, this could go with the next one, but, it, but, it, but, it, but motive. And uh, I, I asked the question earlier, why are you here? Uh, Ralph and I had a conversation about a month ago that, uh, that was an interesting conversation. I, I, I thought, man, we have really got to ask this question. Because Ralph was testifying how that over in, in recent months, uh, how engaged he has been when he's in church. Uh, how, how he even finds himself taking notes while he's in church. And asking questions in, you know, afterwards or if it's a Bible study right during. And I said, man, Ralph, I, I said, I wonder, and we begin to talk about this. And I, I begin to say, well, why did you come before? You know, some people come to church. Maybe you're here today. I come to church to, you're supposed to. You're supposed to be here. It's church time. It's Sunday. Our family, we come to church. That, that's not the worst reason in the world to come. But here's the problem with that. If that's your motive, what happens when you get here? Done. Ralph can sit back on the, on the back pew and sleep of the, of the whole service. It don't matter. He's here. He's here. Uh, are you standing up to keep him falling asleep today? Okay. He's just being weird. Um, but, but, the, but the point I'm trying to make is, but what happens if your mind changes? What happens if you say, man, I'm not going to church today. Why are you singing today? Why are you teaching today? Why am I preaching today? Why are you here? But when you, but when you say from that standpoint, you know what? I believe God's got a message for me today. Amen. I know the Word of God's going to be preached, and I believe God, I'm coming to hear. Lord, I need some help. I need my life transformed. Then we come in and we're looking to have our life transformed. When you come looking and listening, guess what? You'll not be disappointed. Is that right, Ralph? Even when I feel like I got up here and just struck out, you know. I can remember when I was a young kid uh, preaching. I was probably 19, 20 years old. Uh, uh, but, but I was preaching. I got a chance to preach. Me and another younger preacher got a chance to preach this outdoor meeting, almost like a crusade, big tent set up, and we're out there preaching. And, man, I felt like Billy Sunday out there or something. I mean, I just felt like, oh, my goodness, man, I've arrived. I'm here. I'm just, and, uh, and I got up there and preached my heart out and thought I did a pretty good job. And there was an old fella that, that met me and the other preacher afterwards. And he says, he said, well, boys, it can't be a home run every time. <laughs> hey, well, there, there's times I just hit a dribbler out to the shortstop. Amen. That's for sure. Um, but here's the thing. The word of God is still being preached. And so therefore, if you come looking, if you come looking to be a blessing to somebody, you'll be a blessing to somebody, amen? You come listen to hear the Word of God, you come with a different reason. He said there's wayside hearing, there's shallow hearing, 
There is thorns and weeds. In other words, he says here in verse 14, And they which fell among thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring forth no fruit to perfection. Some hear the word, yet they do not allow it to take root because of the seduction of worldly pleasures and comfort overcomes them. I think about our young people a lot. I think about all of us a lot, but I think about our young people. Is that not one of the things with young people? Serve God. Serve the Lord. Commit to God. Get in there and do something for God. And if you're not careful, there's going to be a voice saying, Oh, that's no fun. Hey, you're a young person. You're supposed to have fun. Well, what's this fun exactly? Where's that fun lead? Well, it looks fun at the, at the start, but what, well, a lot of what's called fun leads to some pretty messed up living. Anybody know that? Some of you young people already know that. And you're still doing it. God's calling you, young people, to serve Him, to live Him, to commit to Him. Now, today. Why? Because I promise you, what God has for you is much better than, number one, what you got for you. Oh, I've got plans already, preacher. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Yeah, but what if God says, I want you to do this instead? What then? Well, that would be awful, preacher, because I've got this whole thing figured out. The one who made you had something even better figured out for you. Amen? He's got a, he's got a, better, he, he's got a better mate for you, perhaps. Uh, he's got a better career. He's got a better life. Well, if God's calling you and leading you, He's leading you to a good place. Don't be deceived by worldly pleasures. Don't be deceived by treasures. Don't be, don't be deceived by comfort. See, in this situation, the word gets in and the word gets down, but the word is not unrivaled. There's no room for the word. In other words, what's some of the challenges to hearing? Some of you just don't have room for the word. You don't have room to hear the voice of God. And how about saying another way? I don't have time for God. What if God calls me to do this? Well, what if God, I, what I want to tell you today is it's better. It's so much better. I mean, this, if you just describe the direction that God was going to lead me, I would say, well, that don't sound very great. But to see where I'm at today, I'm like, oh my goodness. I mean, this is like a, a, a dream. I mean, this is unbelievable, the life that God has for me. I'm glad I've chosen this life. I'm glad I chose to listen to His voice and be here today. I can't imagine a life. I mean, you're looking at a guy that is literally living the dream. And I don't mean it sarcastically. I cannot imagine, I cannot imagine being in a better situation than I am right now. God's good. Why? Because I followed God. What'd you follow God into, preacher? Okay, young person, he called me as a, a 18, 19 years old. I want you to preach. Preach? Oh, Lord, I don't know about that. And then I want you to go to South Dakota. South Dakota? Nobody ever know about me out there. I'll freeze to death, you know. Um, but, 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 but you know what? I'm telling you, there's no way I would trade God's will for my life. And please, 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 please. I want to get down here again just, just so you know I'm talking to you. Please, please. 
I beg you, hear Him. Heed Him. What He has for you is so much better. There's no way possible that you can get anything better or go any place better than He's trying to lead you right now. I beg you, hear Him. Heed what He says. You say, preacher, but along the way there's some thou shalt nots in there. I don't like that. The bottom line to the thou shalt nots is, thou shalt not destroy your life. Thou shalt not destroy thy marriage. Thou shalt not destroy thy mind. Thou shalt not destroy thy body. I'm telling you, every one of the thou shalt nots is like the sheep, the shepherd that tells the sheep, don't go over there where the rattlesnake's at. Avoid that rapid water. You may drown. I don't like those thou shalt nots. That's because you're a fool. Right? That's why we're, that's because we trust in our own voice or the voice of someone else when we should be vo- trusting in the voice of the shepherd. So there's no room, the thorns, the cares of this life. And then lastly, I'll give you the good ground where there's no resistance. The Bible says this, but on the good ground, verse 15, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience, which means endurance. What, how, how will you receive the word today? Now you may have to get past me being the messenger of this word. But ultimately, the Word, there's nothing wrong with the Word. How will your heart receive the Word? Hey, today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts. As we all stand today, I want to close with an illustration. And Sonia, if you'd come begin to play. Uh, There's many stories about the famous or the infamous uh, cutting off of Van Gogh's ear. There's a number of different reasons why, motivations. But there was one that, uh, that kind of captured my attention in relation to this. One of the stories says that the reason Vincent Van Gogh cut off his ear was to somehow prove his love to a woman of ill repute. In other words, for the sacrifice of what he called love, he cut off his ear and brought and presented it to a woman at a brothel. Now, what's that got to do with anything? For some of us, the reason we're cutting off our ears and not hearing is because of something we call love that's really not love, that's healthy. What I mean is, when we're putting ourselves and self-love, our self-will above God's will, our selfish desires over God's desire for our lives. We cut off our ears. Hey, I'm going to give you a word today. Ready? Are you listening? God loves you. I'm glad I can say that. He has a wonderful plan for your life. The Holy Spirit of God is speaking to you and telling you that Jesus is the Son of God. And if you will receive and believe, to repent. Listen, you will be saved. You will be changed. 
Now, not can you hear that, but will you hear that? Will you listen to that? Will your heart today, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, maybe you're here and you say, I've tried religion, or I'm not religious at all. Or you say, well, I've been baptized, so I think I'm okay. Whatever it may be. I want to ask you, have you put your faith in Christ? Did you understand, Do you realize today that you're a sinner? Bad news. You're a sinner. We all are. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the reason Jesus went to the cross is for your sin and for mine. He died there. He took your death. He took your hell on the cross. And He rose again. And today He speaks to you and presents salvation to you as a gift. A gift that you must just simply receive. Don't reject with a hard heart and a hard head. Don't let it just be a shallow thing that takes no root. But let God's Word find a place in your heart. And right now, would you be willing to call on Him and ask Him to be your Lord and to be your Savior? If you will, He'll save you today. Hey, child of God, whose voice are you listening to? Young people, whose voice are you listening to? Those voices are convincing, but you got to see where they lead. Then you can look at God's voice and see where it leads. I've, I've, I've used this before, but I, it's, just, it's just always impacted me on the thought that the devil has no happy old people. The devil has no happy old people. Why? Because the devil will give you his best up front. But what's afterwards isn't so good. God gives you the best up front, and it just gets better. Amen? It just gets better. No strings attached. It just gets better. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray God today, if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, that right now in this moment, from their hearts, they will pray and say, Dear Lord Jesus, I confess to you today that I am a sinner. And I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of my sin. Lord, I trust and believe today that you went to the cross so that I could become yours and you could become mine. You rose again the third day, Lord, and I ask you to be my Savior. Lord, I pray that you'll help us as your people from young to old to listen to your voice, to not to try to be our own gods. You said those that make idols will be like them. And many of us make an idol of ourselves, of our love, of our plans. One thing you said about those idols is that they're deaf, they're blind. And you said those that believe in them and trust in them will be like them. And when we believe in our idols and trust in our idols, we become blind and we become deaf. So God, please help us today, God, to turn to you, Lord, to hear and to heed your voice. Well, thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.